This week, Micah's not too happy with what he's seen so far from Tears of the Kingdom. Which game mode holds more value, quality or performance? How many hundreds or thousands of hours have we spent on our favorite games? And lastly, strategy guides. Did we use them? Did we make them? Question mark? Hit that power button. It's time to pixelate. Welcome back to Pixelate, where the H is silent, but the hate is loud as shit. Uh, today, you are uh, going to be enjoying the discussions, the topics, and the opinions of myself. I'm Adam. I'm joined today by Jamal Wope and my nephew, Micah, aka Mikey OQ. Uh, I'm very excited about the conversations that we're going to have today. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with our good game, bad game of the week. Good game. Bad game. All right, so real quick, I finally got over the hump of my decision paralysis and I decided to start playing Hi-Fi Rush. Amazing game. I don't know what took me so long. Mm -hmm. um, the rhythm combat is so much fun. It's so colorful. It's so bright. The, the dialogue can be a little cheesy, like you said, very Saturday morning cartoon, but I love it. I it fits love the it. game. It fits the game. It really well. does. It really does. I think the characters are they're exciting. They're nothing too special. I feel like they fit the mold. They fit together well. Enemies are really cool. NPC robot conversations, you know, them doing their little jobs. I think it's hilarious. Um, I could easily see Bethesda making a sequel out of this. And I oh, would yeah. love to see what uh, goes on with that universe um i don't really see any like glaring flaws i'm only on track three i got like three hours maybe three and a half hours into it but i love that and that's my good game for the week my bad game for the week adam actually is seeing you on stream without facial hair every single time it makes me very upset <laughs> so i'm gonna need you to hurry up and grow your beard back so i can continue to enjoy watching you play video games well you get to see it right here live in your face i actually so my good game it literally happened like 20 minutes ago <laughs> um me and Wolpay just happened to stumble across like a smash room that's going on collision and we just happened to stumble into like well i stumbled into like top 16 i think Wolpay stumbled into like top eight or top 12 it was top eight like top six that i got to yeah see. and from start to finish, like that tournament was nothing but hype. There was one, like our favorite, me and Wolpe's, um, one of our favorite players, Riddles. He plays uh, Terry and Kazuya. He was in the tournament. He was doing well. He took out like the top player, MK Leo. He 3 0'd him. That was a shocker. And then freaking this random like player that I think I saw one time playing, he played a Incineroar Sky J. And he had a run. Like the game was just so hype. And then Riddles reverse 3 0 one annoying player, Sonics. I know you or Micah probably don't know, but like just a very annoying player. But overall, very hyped tournament. And this shows like one reason why like fighters are so like amazing to watch. Just all like when you have a hype match, it's very, very exciting to watch. I don't think there's a better esport to watch than fighting games. Like Call of Duty, Rocket League, those are cool, but fighting games is just i don't know there's something about it they're built different man 100 percent. so my good game of the week uh i'm gonna go ahead and um i'm gonna i'm gonna go with getting getting my capture card uh setting up the stream making it look a whole lot nicer like i said earlier i gotta make it run smoothly but i think i'm very close to that it's all trial and error but it's so exciting like I don't think I've been this excited about like doing a project, like an artistic project since I got my iPad back in 2020 during quarantine. No, yes, just before quarantine, I think. Anyways, um, you know, when I, when I was learning how to do some digital illustrations, stuff like that, that was, um, 
that was pretty exciting times for for me uh and i still love drawing but boy oh boy the amount of work that i put into this product not only like because i i want us to you know progress and and get sponsorships and all that stuff but on top of that i'm able to learn new things learn new softwares uh new browser tools and stuff like that just constantly learning new ways to be creative and i've always enjoyed doing that so uh that that's going to be my good game of the week uh my bad game is the bus but bus boss that i'm stuck on in wolong uh his name is lubu he's from dynasty warriors and he's one of the more iconic characters from dynasty warriors uh, and if you're not aware wolong is a souls like that is literally dynasty warriors that with a skin of dynasty warriors laid over top of it um which is i think i as much trouble as the game's given me i've enjoyed it thoroughly um but i will say this is the most bullshit boss so far Wope watched me last night on stream trying Hail to beat miserably. this this son of a bitch yeah like i was watching i think i went away for like 20 minutes <laughs> and you were still on it <laughs> oh yeah i mean 20 minutes is nothing in a soul's like i mean i don't know but then like i was like dang he's still on this did you so you didn't beat him yet no and i the furthest i got uh was i got him what and what they saw it like i tried to i literally had to like meditate for five seconds and just be like okay just relax you know his moves they're not that bad they're just so fucking strong and i'm at max fortitude for the level and it's it's just ridiculous because sometimes he'll double up moves he'll add new shit in as bosses and those types of games do but oh my god he's so fast the timing window it changes i swear to god i don't know but anyways watching these streams as a souls veteran it's just uh, I, I love it Oh my god! You got him to like thirty-five percent health. It wasn't. Yeah, I got him terrible. I got him almost to a quarter health, and but the thing is, dude, I want to see him play Dark Souls so bad. I just want to see it. It'd be so good. That's so now this now that the stream is up and running and things are going well in that regard, I'm I'm probably gonna go that route very soon. I just don't. How much is it, by the way? Believe it. Right now, which is what Dark Souls? Dark Souls Three. I don't remember. It's probably it's on sale all the time now. It's like fucking okay. eight years old. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's still <clears throat> a fantastic game, so you never know. Um, but yeah, so bad game. Lubu can suck my balls. Um, <laughs> Micah, I'm excited for you to give it a shot. And if you one shot it, then I'm disowning you. So that's great. Your turn. <laughs> Good game of the week. I recently re picked up Dragon Age Inquisition. I bought the game back when it first dropped, um, but I never really, I've never been a big Bioware fan. I think that's the developer that made them. They they also did massive Bioware, yeah. Those other, those other big RPGs, but Dragon Age Inquisition, I got that game and I thought it was going to be like Skyrim when I got it and it wasn't really like that, but now I'm, I'm older and I, I care more about like strategy RPGs and uh this game is probably the best like mix of strategy RPG with action RPG because you can switch from like top down strategic like turn based combat right back to like full on ARPG combat with like you switching between each character and what makes the game kind of cool for me is you make a character but you can control everyone in your party too like like you can switch between the characters like you can play as a tank a mage so choosing your class really isn't that big of a deal but the game is really fun it's fucking huge it's massive. the map is absolutely massive you played it uh yeah i downloaded it it's on game pass i got it or ea play i want to say i got it a couple months ago i think it's great except for the fucking mini map it's stupid it, yeah inquisition is really big i've never played any of the dragon age games but you could easily sing like a hundred plus hours in. So I'm, I'm just excited to be in like a new RPG world. Like that is also uh, one that I'm not familiar with. I always like delving into open worlds that I'm like really invested in. So that's been really fun. Um, my bad game of the week. So this week I went through like a fucking, and I just went through all of my old 
like boxes and um, containers from when I was a kid. I started just tearing them open, looking for DS games, bro. Just absolutely shredding through boxes and every case was empty. I just heard someone walking around my room. I thought it was whatever. The DS games. <laughs> what'd you say? I said it's the DS games walking around. <laughs> they finally revealed themselves. But I was looking for a specific game called Heroes of Ruin. I've talked about it on the show before. It's a top-down RPG, like Diablo-like, but it was for the 3DS. It's one of the only 3DS games that had like online multiplayer before Monster Hunter and stuff. And uh, I just wanted to play it again. I couldn't find it. So I went online and I was like, uh, can I get it emulated, whatever? Uh, emulation's a little hard to do with 3DS, but there are ways to jailbreak your 3DS, or I think it's called homebrew your mm-hmm. 3DS, and you can like get all the games. I'm also talking about this allegedly. I didn't actually do this. But on my alleged attempt, uh, I found out that my SD card in, in my 3DS just isn't going to work with it. So that was really frustrating to like go through two hours of setting that up just for it to be like not working. Um, but it didn't break my 3DS or anything. So that's at least okay. But yeah, that was my bad game of the week. Yeah, so Michael, you mentioned something about uh, Tears of the Kingdom not really showing us much. We're not really getting a lot. Yeah, I was I was browsing Reddit, Twitter, a few different cesspools on the internet yesterday, and I was looking at different opinions on the new Tears of Kingdom because I I recently redownloaded Age of Calamity. I was just looking at Breath of the Wild stuff, and people seem to be less especially after the most recent trailer they dropped in that last nintendo direct um where they showed like car building or whatever uh they they seem to be a little underwhelmed by what's been shown because when when breath of the wild's first or sorry tears of the kingdom's first trailer dropped there was a lot of hype and it seemed to be like a total tonal shift for the game um but from what we've seen since then it's kind of just been like glorified DLC content. Now, I'm only saying that because it's a trailer. You guys got to understand this is my favorite game of all time. So don't think that I'm trying to like shit on it. I'm just talking about the discourse and I wanted to know what their opinions were. I love Breath of the Wild. So I'm very hyped for this game. But I saw people talking about how what we've seen so far, it's the same Hyrule map, like the exact same. Uh with there's stuff floating in the sky that'll probably act as dungeons of sorts and then possibly where the the castle and stuff has been removed from the map and floated up in the craters there may be more content but overall it's the same map so the the argument i saw the biggest argument i saw was most games uh when they have a sequel and they reuse the map they usually add another map on top of that. So if you're going to reuse content or reuse assets, they usually add significant content to justify the sequel. This time, we haven't even really heard much about this game. So all we can go off of is the trailers. And as someone that put 300 hours into Breath of the Wild, that world looks almost identical, if if not like a little few things sprinkled in there. But it did look very close to what uh, the original map looked like. I'll be real, I don't have a problem with that necessarily because I still love the game, but I am a little underwhelmed that there's nothing new to explore because it was a big part of Breath of the Wild was seeing that world for the first time. Here's my thing. Like, we're also... There's stuff added just that it's going to be in a more vertical ascent. Like, you know, it's going to be more vertical. So everything we're exploring is probably going to be up in the sky. So they probably don't want to spoil so much of that just because they still want to give you that you know, like you know new sense of exploration when you actually see that we get a glimpse of it from artwork and the trailers but they're not going to show everything with that though and i agree that they're not going to play their best card right off the rip i think it's a little too early to be showing anything crazy the game mechanics that they have shown are obviously new some of the enemies are the same but there have been a few i think there's maybe four new enemies i saw in the trailers so far but uh when Breath of the Wild was coming out originally, um, by this point in its launch cycle, three months before launch, we're in March now, the marketing was, they were way past marketing the game. They were showing it off at like 
uh, I don't know if Nintendo ever went to E3, but they were showing it at like con- conventions and stuff. You could play test demos for Breath of the Wild at this point in its game cycle. Um, but here we have almost nothing to go off of for this game. And I think that is purposeful because the way games are presented now are is completely changed since COVID happened. Since COVID, we've seen more, less games be more upfront about what a game is like, and they more so just shadow drop it. Maybe they do marketing a month before a game drops, but that's at most that we've seen because most people are afraid of another cyberpunk. So with Breath of the Wild 2, uh, it was always meant to be a DLC when it first started development. It wasn't meant to be a second game. They just realized we have so much plans for DLC, we might as well make a second game. So some people just feel that this is the first Nintendo game to be $70. If it's going to be a glorified DLC, they just don't want to be feeling like ripped off because they hype it up to be this crazy sequel. And it may just be Breath of the Wild with an extra story and some more content, but like mostly the same map and mostly the same gameplay. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I get that, but at the same token, Breath of the Wild 1 is worth so much. Like, to this day, people are still discovering shit that you can do with it. So yeah. I think the, the, the question isn't engine, more so if you can do things with it. It's so it is it significant enough to justify spending 70 more dollars? Because, like, I could go back and play more Breath of the Wild. Yeah, but after five years, there's no way. There's no way. Because if this was planned DLC, they must have been working on it since the game came out, if not before the game no, came they, out. No, they started development in 2019. And when did Breath of the Wild come out? 2017, March 3rd of 2017. So they've been working on the game since then. Oh, well then, yeah, I I don't think there's anything to be worried about. I can't see them fumbling this. This is like the most important that Legend of Zelda has been since Nintendo 64. I would argue that Twilight Princess had like a run, right? Have you guys analyzed the the trailers that they have dropped like to a certain degree? It, it, in comparison to, and let me give context, I played Breath of the Wild a year after it originally dropped. I got my Switch at the end of 2017, so I wasn't really a part of the Breath of the Wild hype. I got to see all the trailers and stuff after I beat the game, and then I realized, oh my god, these trailers represent the game so well. The The stuff that they show now in comparison to what they were showing back then, it doesn't even compare. Like The game looks way more cooler when you look at the breath of the wild trailers the music all that stuff looks way better but uh what they have shown with tears of the kingdom i'll be real the only thing that has like made me go ooh, is uh the like flying stuff the being up in the sky i'm like ooh, this looks interesting but the the car someone compared the car building mechanic to like the banjo the banjo because they were like they were saying it's like Hyrule nuts and bolts or something. No, I because, saw. I I thought that immediately, and I was. Um, like, I'll be real. I don't want it. I don't care. It'll probably be a very my min- like minor part of the game, but I I don't care. It's uh, very weird. Like why why would they add that to Breath of the Wild? Well, I'm sure there's a like puzzle part of it. Yeah, that sure, but for, but also there he has a bike. We yeah, don't need to make cars. That feels so um, unnecessary. I think it's more so to show because, you know, like when Breath of the Wild came out, you saw like how many people just manually like put things together in order to actually do certain things. Well, and you saw more of that with the master mode. So maybe just showing off. All right. You can actually this is now an intentional part of game mechanic. Something that you can just find out and do. Breath of the Wild is supposed to be a sandbox and when you play that game there's a million ways you can take on combat scenarios you can always take it on the same way but you know you can play out a situation a million different ways so i'm sure them showing off these mechanics in the trailers is just showing vets like hey guess what we've added all this stuff but for someone who's more interested in story or someone who's more interested in like new significant mechanics like maybe uh more open world like um better ai in the open world i'll say that like something along the lines of red dead like people living out lives kind of stuff uh seeing something like that and showing that off i think would definitely get me more hype than just the uh, the new powers and stuff like because like i already expected that i already expected them to add 
new building mechanics, new puzzle solving mechanics, maybe not the car building stuff, but uh, the flying stuff. Like as soon as I saw the first trailer, I was like, okay, cool. We're going to be able to fly around. Um, I, well, they I'm didn't not... really show that with Breath of the Wild either. And this is also like when it comes to like an actual like continuum of a story, this is still like it's still new in the Legend of Zelda series. Because when Breath of the Wild, when Breath of the Wild came out, that's the first time where you actually have like one continuum like Legend of Zelda franchise because now all the past games, you know how just like three different storylines, they all merge into Breath of the Wild. Yeah. It and and it wasn't I still really don't understand how that shit works. It the so the first tech like in canonically the first Legend of Zelda game is Skyward Sword. After that, I think I want to say it was Ocarina of Time, and Ocarina of Time after that diverges into three different storylines based oh. off how the game ends. Yeah, there's different timelines. Interesting. So, I guess what I'm asking you guys now is with the stuff that you've seen. Do you feel in any way like your hype has been shrunk a little bit, or are you more like I? I'm still like 100. percent I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get the game. Am I like hype? No, but I'm gonna get the yeah, game. I'm gonna get yeah. the game for sure. Yeah, same. Like, you know, it. It. I didn't even play no, Breath of the Wild sure. until I want to say like maybe late 2019, early 2020, something like that. So like I played it late, um, but. After play, because I've never been a huge Legend of Zelda guy. I've played a couple of the games here and there, but going in the Breath of the Wild, I was like, "All right, let's just play it. Let's just, you know, just to say that I've done it." And then once I was finished with it, I was like, "That was one of the greatest games I've ever played in my life." So the the hype has never really been there for the series, but I want to say Tears of the Kingdom, like because it's it was such a grand experience for me. I don't care if it's the same map, like. God of War 2018 had or uh, Ragnarok had the same map essentially as Ragnarok with some additions here and there, but you can go back into especially Midgar is like the same thing, you know. Um, and it, I I don't well, think I have I have a counterpoint to that, but yeah, 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 but like I don't think it's not going to be the same exact experience. Like it can be the same map, but it's going to be a different experience and the verticality in the next game is going to be world changing in terms of the, uh, that franchise. So like when people are like, "Oh, they're people make such a big fuss about reusing assets, quote unquote, especially with AAA titles when it comes to open world titles stuff like that. Like they change things the things that they don't change, it's because they work. And I think that the developers for Legend of Zelda know exactly that. Um, and we can go back to the Horizon games. You know, Chris would be able to take this conversation and run with it. But I don't think that it's as big of a deal as a lot of people are making it. Especially with, again, the verticality aspect is going to change the entire experience. The difference between what you're saying with God of War and Breath of the Wild is Breath of the Wild, half of the gameplay is in that open world and climbing it and discovering it. I'll be real, as someone who 100% the game and then more... I, I can tell you, I know every single inch of that map without, like, by heart. So I don't, I'm still excited for the game, but I'm not as excited as you might be because you didn't even play the DLCs to go back through that map because, yeah, as much as I love and have memories with it, I do want something new. And you say the verticality will change it. Not as much as you might think because it's not like... Yeah, but that's just speculation. Adding, insane it's just dungeons in the sky it's not like they already had something like it's not going to be just dungeons in the sky i I see what they're doing it's not going to be just dungeons in the sky and if it is then i will stand corrected and i will probably get corrected bro because i've played this game more than you i know how the game works okay but (laughs) you haven't played this game (laughs) but they already have released information on what those things in the sky are they're dungeons adam it's not but yes but there's gonna be story points not just one but multiple that involve the verticality get i get that the argument is not about the verticality being like the actual mechanics and stuff are probably great it's the argument that they're making is that the game isn't is it justifying the brand new 70 dollar nintendo price point if we're going to spend $70 in the game, are we getting $70 worth of new content? Not $70 or 
$30 worth of an expansion and then the rest of already had in Breath of the Wild. I think that, I yes, there will be right some... now. I am playing the game regardless, but I am hesitant just because of what I've seen. I am I know the game really well. A lot of it looks the fucking same, and I put an unfathomable amount of hours into the game, so I I know, like, okay, yeah, this is, I've seen this before. I, I know that this isn't new. I know this isn't new. For someone who maybe doesn't, yeah, I can see why the game, like, isn't, you know underwhelming for you a little bit but for the people who have i can understand where they're coming from 100%. the developers have to know that they have to know that people have spent hundreds of hours into the game i'm sure that's why they delayed it too and breath of the wild broke like it broke records it kind of broke the mold and a lot of games have you know it it was it it changed the way games were made after that yeah my my final Here's point on this doesn't have to do that right but I mean, it it, it has to We're add going a in lot. Blind hype, by the way. There's My, not a lot of info out on this game. Exactly, and because they built up so much goodwill with that one game, they don't need any more. On the same the sequel to- was sold the moment it was announced. On the same token, the other side is yeah. There's blind hype, but there's also blind uh, criticism. Like we just don't know yet. Like we don't know enough about this game to say explicitly. Like that's that's not gonna. It's not gonna be worth the seventy dollar price point. My personal opinion is that it's gonna be. They're gonna. There's gonna be about fifty dollars worth of new content and new experiences. The other twenty is the reused assets, the same gameplay mechanics, stuff like that. That's kind of how I'm gauging it. Now, fifty out of seventy equals more than fifty percent. So worth probably worth buying. Now it is Nintendo. We have to remember this is Nintendo. They want your money. So you're going to fucking pay them and it is what it is. And it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a great game, but is it going to be worth all the $70? Maybe not. Nintendo won't. Someone said, you think Nintendo would just charge you $70 for the same right game you haven't been paying attention the last few years do i think that they're gonna scenario i think that this is this isn't a console selling game this is just a game coming out for the switch they don't need to split this between the wii u and the switch this isn't a console seller they're not hyping it up as if it is they don't have to really knock this out of the park in any way they don't have any pressure on them if they if it drops in breath of the wild isn't game of the year they don't care if it gets seven out of tens or eight out of tens. They don't care because they're gonna make the money. And also, it's not like this is being used to like uh, market a brand new console or anything. So yeah, the the fucking worries are justified, and I understand where people are coming from. But do I? Am I like, uh, no, I don't. I'm gonna boycott it if, unless they show me more. No, I love the game. I love the game probably more than most people in this call. But I, I'm gonna always stand with like the consumer people like the people who feel a type of way because we've been fucked over so many times in the past like three years they have every right to only see three trailers worth of really little content and we're going off of blind hype because we love the game there's almost no new content in those trailers adam i've seen the fucking trailer i've analyzed them and i i love breath of the wild i've 100 percent it i've seen all the fucking gameplay mechanics there's not a lot of new shit in those trailers and i'm i know that's on purpose for them but for the people that, you know, feel a type of way about it, they have every right to. I think this is a good transition. Also, Wope, put a battery in the fucking smoke alarm. Um, uh, this is a good transition for uh, the next topic. What game have you spent the most hours on? Uh, Micah, obviously you said that you spent an unfathomable uh, amount of hours on this game. Uh, is this the game that you spent the most time playing, do you think? Um I've, I've I have like 360 hours on one profile and then maybe like another 60 on another and then maybe like less than 15 before that but I I would definitely consider Breath of the Wild like top 2 um probably like Rocket League or Minecraft is my actual most played but I can't really track all of that. Didn't you just but, say you spent yeah, like Breath 600 of the Wild hours in Smash. Most game. But mostly because when Breath of the Wild I first got it, I, I had like a week straight off that I could just sit there and play it. And that was a significant amount of time. Well, Jamal just raised a good question. Do you do you think that Smash is probably the most played game? Because then you say oh, you had like... Oh, wow. I totally forgot Smash. Yeah, Smash Ultimate's probably my most played. Uh, easily 700 hours and then more on other people's consoles. A lot. Probably like 1,000 hours plus in Smash. 
Wolpe, I want to. I want to hear. I, I I have a good idea. I have a good idea as to what it is. Yeah, you already know. But go ahead, explain. Um, I okay. So only because I do not know if there is a way to track how many hours you played on an Xbox 360 game, because I did put ungodly hours into Tekken Tag Tournament just off of customization alone, let alone playing the shit, sitting in waiting rooms, practice mode, labbing shit. But I can tell you, I have at least 3,000 hours in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. 3,000 hours? Yes. Yeah, game came out in 2018. You never stop. Listen, 2020, I was getting paid to do nothing. Uh, that's And I just used to leave my Switch on, wake up, play all day, 10 hours, whatever, go to bed, shower, <laughs> for what? Eat? Nah. <laughs> The average Smash like, nah, player. The average nah, Smash player. The average dude. Smash player. Yeah, nah. I was the average Smash player. Oh, just two months. Just reeking of Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> it was. It was. There. There were some. Some times. Uh, I think Tekken Tag might be second as a franchise. I think I would go Pokemon. Mm. Mm, I don't know. I spent a lot of time playing Melee too. But oh boy, if we're talking franchises, there is some there's some high rollers in this regard. But Jamal, I'm curious because your 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 spectrum of, of gaming is honestly probably pretty wide. There's a lot of contenders. I have to name contenders to actually just help me think. So Kingdom Hearts 2, I played that game so many times just for whatever reasons. I would like have races with like people. I'll just play the game just because like that's one of them. Super Smash Bros. Melee or Mario Kart Double Dash. Like, that was playing GameCube. When I was in daycare, I'll bring my GameCube to daycare and just play then, like, whenever I wasn't at school. Like, that's all we, we would just do. Breath of the Wild, Contender, uh, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. I know I spent at least 400 hours on that game. Jesus. Ooh. And that's why I was in college, too. Like, <laughs> 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 I spent a lot of hours on that game. But, like, thinking if it's not Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, it has to be Super Smash Brothers, like, Melee. I can't track how many hours, but I know, like, one of those two is definitely, like, the highest. If I had to say recorded hours that I can actually keep track of is Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. You ever think so that you much. played a game a lot as a kid and then you go check the hours or like the save and you're like not even 30% through the game? You're like, fuck, I thought I put like 400 hours in this shit when I was 8. I've I've definitely gone back and like checked old like Wii games and DS games and I've been like, oh, I used to love this shit. It's like yeah. I haven't even beat the tutorial. Bro, even going back to the Switch, going to other games, it's like, wow, only 65 hours, only 100 hours? I have like 30 hours playing uh, uh, Crash Team Racing, which doesn't seem like anywhere near enough. Speaking of which, dude, the amount of time that I put into that game on the original PlayStation, oh my god. The original PlayStation and PS2, because obviously backwards compatibility, <clears throat> but the amount of times that I fucking played that game... I can't even imagine the hour. Like, if it was all tracked and put in front of me, I'd be like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Probably pushing 350, 400 hours. Um, I'd say that, you know, if we're talking franchises. Uh, Ooh, SSX. I put, yeah. Whoa. Games whoa. like that. Like, if you're if you're talking franchises, like, obviously Halo, uh, for me, Gears of War, uh, oh, Final Pokemon, Mario Kart. Yeah, Smash. yeah, right. Like it's just it's so easy to say. Yeah, I've spent pick up and play hundreds yeah. of hours. Right, but uh, if we're talking specific games, I want to say probably uh, aside from Rocket League because that's another pick up and play type of game. Um, I've gone through and I've beaten Final Fantasy X multiple times. Uh, the most recent time I I didn't want one hundred percent it, but it was the uh, remaster version on you know Xbox Game Pass and all that stuff. And I went through, did all the fucking uh, celestial weapons, the ultimate weapons in that game, uh, going through, bar- beating the dark aeons. Um, not all of them because uh, Yojimbo is a fucking piece of shit, cheating fuck. Um, but aside from that, I beat a couple of them, which was crazy. Uh, never thought I'd ever get to that point. So easily, if you're again, if I'm combining those two games, I'm pushing probably like 
six, seven hundred hours just like over the past two decades. Uh, congratulations on all the games played, boys. Um, now shameful hours, shameful hours, without a doubt. Uh, Impression. <laughs> Man, what um, sleep. Speaking of uh, a game keeping your attention for a ridiculous amount of time, what what's more important to you? Like, what draws you in more? Why do you keep playing it? Uh, obviously, there's a ton of different different you know reasons why. But out of these two, what would keep you more grounded into the story, into the p- gameplay, into the mechanics of the game? Um, between quality, aka the graphics and the fidelity. Versus performance, aka the frame rate, now the game runs. What's more important to you guys? Can I open this one? No. Fuck you! I wasn't allowed to start. Go ahead. Doing a serpentine. I yeah. I, so what I was thinking is, no, I'm just fucking with you. Go ahead. Fucking assholes here. <laughs> I think. So to uh, be honest, uh, it's really more about. <laughs> it's such a piece of shit. I'm. <laughs> Oh, what I need to say. Um, fuck. And I lost it again. <laughs> uh, Good I think with newer times, I've grown to appreciate graphics more. Um, but I think that might just be a product of being spoiled by newer consoles and stuff like that. Because uh, when I do go back and I play a game like Bioshock, which I, I did pick up recently which is an i think it's an original xbox game yeah no 360 um, it's a 360 game mm-hmm. i thought bioshock was okay it looks like Wait, shit. really <laughs> what oh wow you thought bioshock was original xbox bro i was like maybe like late stage you were a dumb fucking kid uh yeah so <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I fucking froze up so I tried to play Bioshock again, and I realized, yeah, this game looks like shit, but it's probably the most fun I've had with the FPS in a while, uh, including Atomic Heart. And I think I go back and forth about it. I think I do want my game to look good because if it looks like shit and it's not playing very well, I'm definitely not having a great time. But I can I can like kind of get over a bad game if it's pretty. Um, but I can't really get over a sometimes i can't get over a game if it looks ugly and it plays well it depends on the game but there there's some 360 games i'm like i'll never touch that again because it looks like but this won't but there are games that like had a great art style for their time and maybe they don't have the greatest like hd textures but they look good for like what they they were trying to do at the time and therefore i can play it then Hmm. uh but, you know, like you said, it's a case-by-case basis. It just depends yeah. on the game. That's interesting because, ironically, as the older I've got, the the more I've prioritized performance. Because um, it's, like, at this point, pretty much every game, at least AAA titles and a lot of indie games, they all look really good, right? So every game is going to you you can trust that they're going to have the little hairs on the face. You can trust that cliffs like when you're climbing them, the little rocks are going to fall off when you're doing that, right? But if the game slows down to support those, you know, graphic uh those graphical improvements, then it's like, well, how long do I have to stare at this pretty scene where oh, the sunset looks really nice. It looks real, but I can't look away from it because the fucking game's frozen. So it's like, as you get on, when when you have to dedicate more time to the fucking games, because on top of that, guess what? The next Assassin's Creed is going to be 800 fucking hours. So it can look great, but if it's running slow and the game doesn't perform well, then it's not going to be 800 hours. It's going to be 1,200 hours. So well, I feel like that's a matter of hardware. For sure, but also, like, you can have an Xbox Series X, you can have a PS5, you could be playing on PC. Now, you can customize PC more so, but, like, if the game is designed to run a certain way and it doesn't run well, aka Cyberpunk, there are times Cyberpunk 
did look really nice, right? Especially if you're prioritizing the graphics. But on some consoles... God, why'd you mention that? That's even, make me change my... See? <laughs> and even on the series, dude. Like, if it's fucking blowing up in your face, if Jackie's asshole is in your mouth while you're riding in the car with him at the beginning of the game, the beginning of the game, but hey, his asshole looks really good, then what's... Are you really having a good time playing that game? So... My first time playing through, I wouldn't have agreed with you, but now I can. Uh... The first time through, I think the story in graphics, which is, you know, true to my first point, was enough to carry the experience for me to play. I didn't really mind too much. I know I got angry sometimes, but I didn't mind too much when the game was running like shit. The graphics were so good and I had a brand new console. So I was, you know, I was just in the moment. You were feeling yourself. I agree. I agree. Um, Wolpe, go ahead. Um, no, I was just going to say, um, when we're talking about performance, are we talking about just frame rate or are we talking about like glitchiness, bugginess, just all in general? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's if all, we're talking yeah. all of yeah. it. I was I, thinking like, oh, frames just drop. No, but even with certain games, even a frame rate drop can kind of take you out of the immersion, right? We always talk about, especially if you're talking about like a horror game, if you're playing a horror game and let's say the frame rate drops when they're supposed to be like, I don't want to say a jump scare, but like a a set piece or something, right? It's going to take you out. It's going to kind of, you know, minimize the experience. It doesn't have to look amazing all the time. And I feel like, like you said, I can forgive not poor graphics, but I can forgive not perfect graphics if the game runs super well the only time where i've like deliberately ignored both and i hate to say this pokemon let's go pokemon is like (laughs) i wish i was here last week so i could have uh said this with you not only is the game ugly but it runs like shit right and i was able to forgive it just off of the legacy and off of the gameplay and knowing what i was getting into but it, it's really uh, it's really crazy seeing like how poor performance has turned that game like so like it no Pokemon game has ever lagged ever like in life especially not in the boxes the organization so seeing that is like wow I can't the game can be ugly that's fine we don't expect uh, you know Horizon level graphics from Game Freak. But we expect good performance. We expect it to be clean. And Nintendo usually prides itself on clean games. If they're not the most detailed, at least they're cute and clean. We we got none of that. So at this point, your game can look like whatever the fuck it wants. But it has to run well. Pokemon fans, what do you prefer? Graphics or performance? Neither. Dead ass. <laughs> Dead ass. I just want more Pokemon. That's it. We just want a uh, Mega Evolution. Yeah. Dead ass. I want Charizard with 19 horns, then it's all I want a three-headed Charizard. No, nah, but I don't Dead care ass, if like... the game runs at one frame per second. Just give me a pile of shit as long as you call it Mew 3. <laughs> That's really what it is. And when it comes down to like, now that I'm a next-gen boy, I'm looking at performance rather than uh graphics like they 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 do a lot of uh a work to make shit look great like foliage density is such a huge thing in open world games and you really start to notice it when you make the jump like looking at a game like the witcher or any game that's outside right everything is pretty facts everything every game is green open world yeah that's it so the graphics are less and less important because what I'm seeing here, I can also get this elsewhere. Is does your game run well? Can it keep my attention all the time? Is it fluid all the way through? And you you need to make, I feel like you need to make whatever sacrifices you need to make as a game developer. What the fuck do I know, right? But to make sure the game runs well. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. Sacrifice graphics for performance every time jamal performance all day and i didn't really think about this until you you know we actually started talking about this one i never really cared for like the like when i think graphics i always think like realism 
and I never really cared for realism. If you want to go through my gaming history, most of the games I play are not the most like realistic looking. I play realistic looking games, but they don't make up the most of my history. And when it comes to like the quality, you know, since that's like our one of our two sides of the topic, I put art style over like graphical quality. Because if you have a good art style, you can make it look very good. And as as you said, Adam, we have a lot of great looking games. But at the, same, at the end of the day, it's really just all about how the game performs. I don't want to have to go into like a great looking game and then like, oh, you know, but then once the performance done, like, and if it frustrates me enough, I'm going to get out of it. Now, there are times where I don't really, you know, I can sacrifice or you know i'll give some leeway to the you know performance or frame rate let's just say frame rate in this instance as what we said pokemon another one where it didn't really take me as much just because i guess the quality of the game was great in itself and i can like give some leeway to the performance was breath of wild especially in like handheld mode or when getting to like the kakariko forest since that was like the Mm. most place that the frame rate dropped the most but other than that, I all the games I play like are generally just great frame rate because that's generally just what's most important to me. That keeps my immersion in because then there's not really much else taking me out. But yeah, if I but quality, you know, if it's graphical, eh. But if you know, focus more on art style because you can make a like a cell shaded game look really well. You can see it with like Odyssey, saw with Breath of the Wild. You can have great realistic looking games, but I don't think it's really or but it's not the most important aspect. Yeah, the the, the the one game that came to mind when you were explaining that point. Um so I don't know if you guys are familiar uh with this. Uh when Shadow of the Colossus first came out on the PlayStation 2, the graphics were you know, they were solid. They weren't the best that we had seen up until that point, but they were good, right? But the way that they got around, like the game looking like shit when it was performing is they utilized motion blur very, very well. So when you're climbing the Colossi and you're you're running around, and every time you turn the camera, there's major motion blur, but they cut, they would cut it so quickly is that, so that you wouldn't like, everything in the background and like all the surfaces and stuff wouldn't freak out. And they figured out a way, like they, they, motion blur was a thing before Shadow of the Colossus, obviously. Um, but the game would have run just slightly worse. Not, and honestly, the game didn't run the best, but it ran decently well when it needed to. Uh, and it would have done worse had they not utilized the motion blur the way that they did. Um, I can't remember where I saw that. Like, you know, there's always these gaming documentaries and stuff like that behind, behind the curtain. Uh, type of videos and whatever all over the internet but that was just something that i saw a long time ago and what what you just said um like the art style uh and even more so like using the tools that are available uh to make the game look better even when it technically doesn't look as good as other titles that prioritize um you know the 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 graphical quality you can even look back at like uh the um san andreas remastered like they tried to emphasize making the game look better but like for example you know how san andreas has like a layer of fog so you Mm -hmm. can't really like the draw distance is kind of short comparatively speaking um when they remove that because now of course we're on higher quality hardware you you see like how small the world really is and sometimes it it, it kind of it, it takes you out of it because you weren't supposed to see all that. And it definitely depends on what type of game. Like if I'm playing a fighting game, right? I don't give a shit what it looks like. It needs to run perfectly, especially if I'm playing online. I need rollback netcode. I need things that are going to make my inputs match when I press them. So fuck, fuck graphical quality at this point, because that's not what I'm looking for in that game. I, I was going to say one, I need peak performance or else I'm not having fun period. I was going to say one of the more under underappreciated games that I feel like bec- because of its art style and because of like the scale that it has for its time period is Skyrim. Uh it's not the prettiest game in the world but for its art style 
it it definitely gets the point across that it's like a darker fantasy world and then the the game plays it's buggy as all hell but it plays smoothly uh, if you have it fucking plays on the switch um you know if you have the, the hardware even <laughs> when i played it on the 360 back in the day it ran well it just loaded like fucking five minutes but i think it's aged so well like people play it even to this day and mod it to this day because that art style and like the direction they took with that game in both gameplay like the immersive gameplay and its looks bethesda was way ahead of its time when they made that game in 2012 i think or 2011 i think it was um and I remember when the game dropped, I remember watching like G4 interviews about it and stuff. And people were saying, this is G4. the last game you'll ever need to play. Like you can live out your whole life on this game. And uh, to this day, I think a game like that, where it might not be the prettiest, but it has a great art style. And then it also plays into that art style with the first person action, the, the role playing. Like you can really stand the test of time if you if you just go 100% with a vision and not just trying to like make a 4k pretty game and then also have it run 60 fps because it's gonna just that's all it is it's just a bunch of specs to me it's not like you uh reflected that in the gameplay and also graphics graphics will always get out like they're always gonna get outdone yeah a good performing game at launch will perform even better later Mm -hmm. but it might also look worse by comparison so that that's kind of the thing that you have to worry about it's just the balance of those two things and making sure that your game stays fun yeah art style i think takes a lot of the pressure off of graphical quality when it's done right right um so speaking of standing the test of time uh last last segment of of the show today uh do you guys have a favorite or most memorable guidebook uh, of games of years past. Uh, I'll start. Um, the guidebook that I remember most clearly and that I used the, the absolute most is coming back to this game, Final Fantasy VII. The guidebook, by the time that it was done and thrown away, I want to say that nearly half of the pages were like torn just because of how many times. Now, those things were never durable, right? But maybe now, like, if you do get a guidebook, but who's going to do that? You have Google. Back then, you didn't really have Google. Uh, you just had the early internet days. Maybe you would have some threads on some uh, websites where people were discussing the game. But not back in the 90s, not back in 97. You got a guidebook, and you followed it to the T, and you tried 100% the game best you could, and that was it. That, I remember it clearly. It didn't have the front cover anymore. Or no, it had the front cover. It didn't have the back cover anymore. And by the end of its, of, it, of, its, of its days, a lot of pages were torn, ripped. I don't know what the fuck happened. Back then, we didn't really have any pets that would get into shit, tear books apart. <laughs> well, you were the pet. Yeah, no, I was the pet. So uh, <laughs> that's by, by far uh, the most, most time that I've spent with a guidebook for any game personally i uh it was very rare that i got new games um since i live in an apartment complex a, a lot of the kids we used to just kind of trade games around uh, and this is like nintendo 64 days right so we would just kind of pass around the cartridge so i didn't really get to read a lot of guidebooks and when i got my ps2 um my brother was stationed in korea so he sent me all of those games from there and then they would just be like a blank disc with uh the name of the game written in sharpie like that's literally how my kingdom hearts was and so i didn't really get a lot of guidebooks but the one that i looked at the most was actually mario kart 64 because that was the right that was the first game that i got with my uh with my 64 of course so and they had like these uh, these 3D maps of each course. And it was the only time that I think they've ever really, I think they had it for Double Dash also, but I just loved looking at them. Like, and they're, you know, they're so simple, so old, but I just loved looking at those maps and reading the stats of the characters and blah, 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 blah. Um, that's really the one that sticks out to me the most. 
there's two, both of them. Like, there's two I remember fondly. There's Kingdom Hearts 2 guidebook, and then there's Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire guidebook. But I think the one that probably I spent the most with is the Ruby and Sapphire one. And, you know, because internet internet wasn't really that much of a thing, like, not everybody really had access to freely just go on the internet and stuff like that. You kind of just, like guidebooks for some important, especially with Pokemon. You got to figure out like where Pokemon's at, like, because you don't know if you necessarily could have it because of version exclusives, like, you know, where Legendary is at. And then one thing that was, I really used that guidebook for, and this was the only. That Are you talking gen, about like the Prima, the Prima guide? Like the one yes. that you had to buy? Oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one, I used that guide mainly because you had to like use, read the unknown like letters when you're trying mm-hmm. to, you know, cash the Reggie's or when you're trying to, yeah, because like I think at one point in Reggie's, you had to like have a whale lord and a relicant, a certain order in the party. Oh, the shit's unknowns. You had to dig. Yes. And yeah, using a braille, like, bro. Like, there's I no used way that guidebook religiously. Yeah. There's no way. Exactly. So that's why that guidebook is the most memorable for me because I use that for every inch of that game. <laughs> and I need it. So it was just a great experience having that guidebook. I was really just trying to look for it if I wonder if I had it. I don't know if I still do, but if I do, that'll be great. I'll have to show it one day. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you got that shit somewhere. I had a idea of what guidebook I was going to talk about, but I think the one I remember most uh, wasn't one I actually had. I had to look it up on a laptop. It was for Pokemon Emerald, and I, I didn't have my own laptop at the time or any of that, but I... I did take out like a journal and I wrote down like I took notes on oh, everything, that's including, nice. including maps. I was like seven, probably, and including like the maps, uh, how to like like you said, plot out not the team you needed to fight the Reggies, but actually the steps. the steps you had to take to like you had to count out your steps in the path that they wanted you to. It was ridiculous. Yeah, but I literally drew it out as a kid, like just arrow five steps, arrow to the right four steps like and then i also did like the digging up in certain places and where legendaries were and stuff um i it's not an actual guide book i don't think i think i just found like information about it online but i basically made my own you made your own guide yeah yeah i I made my own guidebook and i probably could find it somewhere Mm -hmm. it's just a bunch of scribbles and nonsense but yeah, there's like, I had a lot of fun. There's a couple penises on the top left corner on every other page. <laughs> it's just uh, admitting to crimes. Reggie Dick. <laughs> but yeah, that's the most fun I've had with like a guide or whatever as a, as a kid, especially because even like you said, even then, I think the most that were there was for like game guides. There wasn't even like YouTube guides. There was just like game facts. Yeah, I'm so like mad that. you said Reggie Dick. Reggie Cock was right there. Yeah, I mean whatever it, it literally rhymes with rock come on uh and yeah what, so, what? So I, reggie rock <laughs> pokemon look at me like guides <laughs> honestly pokemon guides are probably some of the most fun out there if i had to be honest because it's simple and it's straight to the point it's not like a zelda guide where they're like oh well you have to grab the, gather all the triforces and then bring them to this temple where you gotta talk to the man like no pokemon just like go to this place bring a fucking <laughs> diglet dig it's like your own personal Pokedex. Yeah. They need to bring yeah, those fun. back. I feel like I, I remember uh, Super Mario Odyssey, like, in the menu, like, how they would describe each world and blah, 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 was akin to something that you would see if there was a physical guidebook. Um, the last time I remember even getting anything special in the, like, game box was when I got uh, GTA Five. And it came with like the map of Los Santos and like things that you could look at and blah blah blah. Oh, no I directions got, or anything, but that's at least a map. In, in case, and it came with so much stuff. It came with stickers. Uh, it came with a full map of Night City, a poster. They were really trying to go hard with the marketing because they knew that game was shit. <laughs> this is like standard <laughs> edition the, that you got. What did you say? Standard edition. And it was a gift, but. I have the sticker on my laptop. They're actually really cool, but yeah, 
that, that's probably the last game that I got that they don't really do it anymore. Just like give you stuff in the cases they've, they've had to cut costs over the years by them not increasing the game prices. Cause I found out like SNES games used to be like 60 bucks. It's like, Oh, oh yeah. so they've been, they've been slowly losing money. The more that time has gone on making these games. So I get it. I get it. But give me back my game maps. As, as much time as we could spend talking about this continuously, it is time to wrap up the show. So, uh, boo. Th- yeah, I know. <laughs> no, not boo. I'm clocking in right this second. <laughs> <laughs> this has been episode six of Pixel Hate, where the H is supposed to be silent, but I just said it. Um, this is your favorite guidebook podcast. This is the only guidebook podcast, by the way. This is the only podcast. So I'm a guidebook to listening to our podcast. Yes. Uh, we hope that you guys have enjoyed all the discourse that we uh, supplied today. Uh, a lot of topics, wide ranging show. I'd say one of the more wide ranging episodes that we've had of any show in a long time, but that's just more things to listen to for the audience. So uh, make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel pixelate on YouTube. Uh, we have a link tree for all the socials. We are pixelate on Twitch as well. Uh, where the Twitch uh, or the, or the streams are going to be uh, a lot higher quality going forward. I'm really excited about that. As I mentioned earlier, uh, make sure you guys tune in, uh, join the party. Uh, we really appreciate all the love, all the support going forward. But my God, are we playing Warzone? Very soon, very soon. <laughs> um, with that said, it's time to get off the game. Uh, oh, let's log get on off. some other games. We're all we're all <laughs> we're all logging off. We will see you later. Goodbye.